Hey, grab your Bibles, turn with me. Um, we're going to be in the book of James here in just a few minutes. So if you want to get a head start in your Bible, then turn with me to the book of James and I'll meet you there in a second. Our series, we're in part three of a series we're calling Faith and Expectancy. And um, let me just do a little more work making sure that we understand where we're heading and what we're trying to accomplish in this series. Here's what I believe the Lord is saying through this. We felt like God told us this year as a church that, that part of what he was going to do in us was help us to create a culture of faith and expectancy. What we mean by that is this, is that I believe that there, there are hopes and dreams. There are things in the heart of God's people that we're dreaming of. We, we didn't manufacture them, that the Lord himself has given us um, hopes and dreams, things that we're reaching for. And I just want you to know that that's okay. It's okay to be expectant. You know, uh, uh, maybe a few examples of, of what expectancy may look like. I know here as a church, we at Victory, we know that our assignment is every believer a disciple. We are a discipleship church. And, and so our expectation this year is that we would be better equipped and more effective in making disciples. Because, you know, it's no big secret that churches, especially American churches, are notoriously bad at making disciples. We're really good at having services. We're really good at doing things. You know, when we can put on a great Christmas play, and we can, we can do lots of fun, cool things, but Jesus didn't tell us to put on Christmas plays. Now, there's nothing wrong with everybody breathe. It's okay. If, if, you went, if you were part of a Christmas play this year, you know, last year, it's okay. Nothing against those things. But the greater call, the great commission was to make disciples. And so our expectation this year is that we would, we would be more effective in making disciples, that God would give us the, the how, how to do what he's called us to do. So that's, that's an expectancy we have here as an organization. But I know personally, there are things that I'm believing for. How many of you have things you're believing for this year? It's okay. And, and, and I, I believe most of us, it's the Lord put those things in us. And so I believe this is the year to be expectant. We can, when we look in God's word and we find something that he promised, or when we look in, in his word and we see that what we're currently experiencing in our life doesn't match up with what, with what we see God's promised in his word, it's okay to want that to change so that my life would reflect what God has promised. And so may this year, may 2022 be the year that you begin to dream and you begin to have expectations about things changing. Some of you, this is the year where your marriage needs to change, where, where, where you need to get to that place where our, my marriage is healthy and my family's healthy. Listen, let your expectations go, church. Look in the word and find what God has promised. So this is, this is what we're talking about here today. And you know, sometimes when, 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 we, when we talk about faith, when we talk about expectancy, the, the subject of, of, uh, of money comes up. And, and I just want to say this to you. I want you to hear my heart as a pastor because I do believe that there are some of us in the room that need financial breakthrough. Can I tell you something? That's okay. And, and here's, not to be ugly, but I, I just want you to hear my heart. Here's what I mean by that. I'm not saying 
that we're, we're preaching this message so that those of you who are millionaires can have another million this year. So all you millionaires in the room, just relax. You know? Some of you are like, I wish I had that problem. That, that's not what I'm, where I'm going to. But can I tell you, as I was preparing this week, this, I really did spend some time praying about this. I believe that poverty is a curse. It's a curse from the enemy because I know in ministry, we deal with people who grew up in poverty and it's more than the condition of your bank account. There's a thought process that's broken and there's, there's things and poverty tends toward unhealthy families and unhealthy dependencies. And there's so much, uh, there's so much dysfunction with it. So I'm not preaching the, the prosperity gospel. Like, like we all need to just be billionaires. That, that's not where I'm going. And if you know me at all, you know, that's not my heart, but I refuse to stand up here and not tell you that, listen, God wants you out of poverty. Poverty is part of the curse and it's not God's will for you to live in poverty. I'm not, I'm not ashamed to say that church. So some of us have come from neighborhoods and then and lineages where just poverty was the norm. Listen, it's the year to believe to break out of that, to break out of government dependency, a dependency on other things and learn how to dial into the economics of heaven and function in that way. So church, this is the year of expectancy. So this is what this, um, this series is about. But we also said that, you know, we can't have expectations that aren't founded on something. You know, if you were, if you were to say to me, Jody, it's always, it's always been my dream to be the middle linebacker for the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> right? I'd say, hey, dude, brother, dream on. In the famous words of Steven Tyler, dream on. That went over a lot of y'all's heads. But some of you, Barry was with me. I'd say dream on. However, what we know though is if you're five, six and weigh like a buck 50, the chances of you being the middle linebacker for the Kansas City Chiefs fall in the slim to none category. And you say, well, Jody, I've, I've always been my dream. I have an expectancy to play middle linebacker for the Kansas City Chiefs. I say, okay, well, great. Have you ever played football? No. Okay. Um, you know, ha, ha, do you lift weights? No, no. Can you run? Uh, have you ever run a wind sprint? No, not interested. But my expectations are by next season, me and Patrick Mahomes, I'm going to be the yin to his yang. <laughs> right? Well, see, those would be expectations not built on anything. And so what we're saying is that, that if we're going to have expectancies, it has to be built on something. And the foundation of our expectancies is faith. It's what we believe. But, but let me clarify something to you. I, I don't know if you're a student of the word and you've, you've ever really delved into the study of faith, but it, it's one of those subjects that can be a little tricky to wrap your head around. We talk about faith. But if I were to boil it down, here's, here's what I would boil it down to. I would boil it down to the faith that I'm talking about is a, is a, a belief system in who your father is. 
It's who your father is. Sometimes we focus on what he can do. Like there's a subject, there's something I need from God. So I study on, on how he appropriates this or how he does that. And so we study subjects and there's nothing wrong with that. But in, in my journey with the Lord, you know what I have learned? I've learned most of all the nature and character and heart of my God. And after a while, my faith is not just built on what he can do, but it's built on who he is. And I begin to learn the heart of my father. And so when I need something, when there's, when there's something I need to draw from the Lord, if I know his nature and his character and his heart, then I, then I understand how he does things and what he does and what he provides. But church, if you don't know his heart, if you don't know his nature, then you can study the subjects all day long and you'll miss it. This is what I mentioned to you last week, the parable of the prodigal son. Every time I read it, I learn more about the father. It's the father. He's the hero of the story, the father, the father. And what I learn is that he's generous. What I learned is that he's forgiving, he's merciful, he, he's just the hero. And in my personal walk, what I've learned is that God is the hero of Jody's story. It's God. And so when we talk about faith, it's really about understanding who he is. In the book of Hebrews, the 11th chapter, the sixth verse, it, it says this, it, it, it says, but without faith, it's impossible to please God. And it says that, that he who comes to God must believe that first of all, he is, and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So in other words, you will never have a foundation of faith if you don't know that God is. He is. And you know, there, I mentioned a couple weeks ago, there's, there's this movement right now going on called deconstructionism where, where the culture, society kind of trying to deconstruct the faith. And it comes from this generation of people, which is fine, this generation coming up who, who asks questions. And I mentioned that, you know, I came up in the generation where when it comes to God, there are certain questions you don't ask. Like, you know, reading in the book of Genesis and you see that there was a talking snake in the garden. And as a kid, I'm like, talking snake? But in my generation, it was like, no, no, you can't ask that question. You can't ask that question. Well, thank God there's a generation now and, and some of you are sitting in here who are asking the question going, Pastor, do you expect me to believe that there was a talking snake in the garden? And I just want to tell you, it's okay to ask those questions, but, but I want to say to the generation that's asking questions that if all you're doing is trying to wrap your intellect around the eternal God, it'll never work. It'll never work. So, but in my pursuit, in my walk with God, what I've learned is who he is. And because I know who he is, if he says there was a talking snake in the garden, yes, sir. And if you ask me to prove that to you, I can't. But my faith says that my God's not a liar. 
You understand what I'm saying? And so faith really is, our faith is, 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 is about knowing who God is. So if we're going to have expectations this year, if we're going to be, if there are things we're expecting, we have to know the heart of our father, the nature, the character of our father. And that's the faith that this thing is founded on. If you're tracking with me on that, can I hear a big amen in the room? Okay. So this is where we're going in our series. There was my introduction, 15 minutes worth. All right, this is where we're going. But, but this week specifically, I, I wanna kind of take it a step further. So we're talking about the subject of faith being a foundation. But what we find if we get in the word, especially in the book of James, chapter two is where we're going. We see that faith has a partner, that there's a partner to faith. And let's look in the word beginning in, in uh, verse 14 and find out what the partner to faith is. Here we go, James 2.14. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say that you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing and you say, goodbye, have a good day, stay warm and eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing, what good does that do? Verse 17, this is important, here we go. So you see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. So when we talk about the subject of faith, we need to understand that faith has a partner and, and that partner is works. If you're reading in the King James, it uses the word works here. So faith has a partnership with works. And you know, this is kind of a complex issue. I could, I could kind of break down some theology for you. And if you have questions about grace versus works and how that works together, be glad to meet with you and spend some time to talk about it. This isn't the setting for it. But I just want to say this, it boils down to this, that if you truly have faith, then your faith is going to produce works. We find that all the way through the Bible. There's this, there's this you, you, ne you never find faith without works. Even though we're saved by faith, this is what Romans tells us, that we receive our salvation by faith. James tells us that faith has to be accompanied by works. And you can see that if you look through the, through the Bible. Romans 10, 9 and 10, remember? Says this, that, that we believe with the heart, there's faith, and then we confess with our mouth, there's a work. You see it? Believe with my heart, confess with my mouth. In Acts chapter two, when Peter is preaching his message on Pentecost and they respond to the gospel, they hear his message and they say, what do we do, Peter? He says, repent, there's believe, faith. And then he says, be baptized. You know, a big question in the body of Christ is, do you have to be baptized to be saved? Well, baptism is a faith that is, is a work that, that accompanies your believing. There's my faith and there's a work. We see Jesus. Jesus runs up against this, this guy who's blind and, and, and this guy wants Jesus to heal him. And Jesus uses like the most unique healing technique ever seen on the planet. This guy's blind. And so here's, here's what it says, honestly. Jesus spit in the dirt and he made some mud and he put that mud now, if I'm in that healing line, I'm going, is there a better way? 
Is there a way to get this without the mud, the spit? But Jesus made spit in the, in the dirt, made mud and put the mud on his eyes, right? But then he says to the man, he says, now you go to the pool of Salam. So you go down, down, the, down the block here to the pool and you wash your eyes. You wash the mud off. And he did it and he was healed. So there was his faith. There was the working of Jesus. And then there was something that the man did. There was a work. Are you tracking with me? Jesus, I mean, uh, uh, Peter and John by the gate, beautiful. They see a lame man there. And, and, and they healed him, but they healed him by, by saying to him, rise up and walk. I submit to you that if that man wouldn't have risen up, that he'd still be there today. But it was in the fact that he had to put feet to his fate. Well, that was a good pun, by the way. All right. And so, so faith, our faith produces works. And so our, our actions, the things that we do actually demonstrate the fact that we have faith in the same chapter of, of James in the, in the second chapter, if you'll continue to read, you run up to verse 21 and here's what James says in James two twenty one. It says, don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? So Abraham believed God. So there's the belief, there's the faith, but it was the putting action to his faith and obeying God that brought him to maturity in his walk. So what we're saying today is that if we're going to have expectations, if, we're, if we have things we're expecting from the Lord, and we should, those expectations have to be founded on something, which is our faith. It's the foundation that causes us to, to be able to hope for those things. But often in standing in faith, God is going to require something of us. There's going to be some actions needed. God may ask you to do something. And so this morning, I want to talk about works, which are the partner of faith. So you may say, Jody, I'm, I'm hoping for some, for, for some things this year and I'm, 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 I've been in the word, I'm growing my faith. Is there anything else? I'm going to say this. Yes, God may have you do something. And he mentioned here, Abraham. Let me track with me. I'll show you how this works. In the passage we just read, we, we bring up the, the subject of Abraham. Now, I don't know if you remember this, but in Genesis, the, second, the 12th chapter, God made a covenant with Abraham. Father Abraham had many sons. All the Sunday school kids in the room. God made a covenant with Abraham and God made a promise to Abraham when he, get, when he initiated that covenant with him. He made a promise and the promise had to do with Abraham's lineage, with having children, with a nation coming out of him. So God promises Abraham. Then if we follow the journey, we'll see that for 25 years, Abraham lived childless. Well, not all 25. He got with, he got with the maid there for a minute. And the Muslim nation came out. That went right over a lot of heads. Ishmael. Okay, we'll get there. 25 years, he went without the promised son. 
And then all of a sudden, you know, that whole time, that entire time, he's standing, he's standing in faith. And then through, through the supernatural, uh, 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 you know, supernatural um, uh, ability of God, he and Sarah conceive a son and Isaac is born. So this, I mean, God had promised, God had made a promise to him for 25 years. For 25 years, Abraham walked around with expectations, the expectations of having a son. He, he stuck with his faith. He believed God. And then 25 years later, here comes the son. Finally, finally, the son is here. And then after the son is alive for a little while, God says, Abraham, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take that son that I promised you and that you believe for and finally came along. And I want you to bring him up this mountain and I want you to kill him. I want you to take a knife and I want you to offer your son as a sacrifice. And the Bible said that Abraham did it. He brought his son up there and right before the knife penetrated his son, God stopped him. But the idea is this, that, that in order for Abraham to reach the maturity, to reach the ultimate promise, it not only took faith, it took works, it took actions. He had to do something. And so I want to say to you today, if, if you're having expectations for new things this year, yes, continue to believe, but God may call you to some actions. He may require you to do something. And so this morning, I want to encourage you I want to encourage you to follow the instructions of the Lord. However, when, when you do it, when you begin to, to do these works that God has laid out as part of the package, there's, there's a couple of things you need to know before you start on this journey. I want to give you three things that you can be sure of about, about the, the works that God will call you to do. The first thing that you need to be aware of is that when God calls you to do something, to add works to your faith, most of the time, those works aren't going to make sense. We just went through Abraham. This is the ridic most ridiculous plan ever. I was promised a son. My son finally comes. Now you want me to kill my son. This seems like the exact opposite thing that I should be doing. And when you and I determine to follow God, when he calls us into some works, into something, some works that we need to add to our faith, often the things that he calls us to aren't going to make sense to our carnal natural mind. There was a time years ago, Lori and I were preparing to leave here and we were, we were um, moving to a different city. We were going to be planning a church. And part of that process, we were believing for a house that God would provide a house for us in this other city. And this other city has a, 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 a lot more expensive cost of living than sulfur. And so as we were looking at houses, we're like, oh my gosh, how could we possibly afford a house in this area? And so we begin saving our money, you know, as part of our due diligence, we're saving our money for a house miracle because God has called us to do this, called us to go there. We're believing for this. We're saving our money. And while, while we're believing, standing in faith for God to provide a house for us in this town, you know what happened? A missionary friend reached out to me and said, hey, would you be praying for us? My wife and I, we are believing for a house. Would you pray with us? And as soon as that missionary reached out to me, the Lord clicked in my heart right there. You need to sow. You're believing for a house. You need to take the money that you've been saving for your house and you need to sow it in his house. I went to Laurie, said, baby, here's what I feel like I heard from God. We wrote the check and did something ridiculous. 
the money that we had been saving to meet our need, we sowed into somebody else's life. When God calls you to do something, it's not gonna make sense. So I just want you to know that, that as you're expecting things this year, God may have you do some things that don't make sense. He may have you bring your Isaac up to the mountain. He may, bring, may call you to take your nest egg and sow it into somebody else's life. I was thinking of my parents and, and the Estes's and some other families in this church when, we were, when they were founding Victory Worship Center. They're believing for, for this church to get going and believing that this church could support them. And God called them to empty out their bank accounts to sow into the foundation of this church with the word that if you'll take care of my house, I'll take care of yours talking about there's things we're going to do. There's things God's going to call you to do that aren't going to make sense. Second thing that you need to know when we begin to follow God in the works that accompany our faith is that, that God may call you to do some things that will cause you to rely on him wholly. He's going to cause you to call you to do some things that you're not capable of doing in your own strength. We see that the disciples were in the middle of the sea, rowing across the sea, and there was a storm there. And the Bible said that Jesus came walking out on the waves. Jesus walking on the water. And when Peter sees him, he says, Jesus, bid me, like, call me. Call me to walk out on that water with you. And Jesus said, come. And you remember the story. Peter stepped out of that boat. And I don't know about you, but I got a lot of questions about that story. Like, was he wearing rubber boots? How deep was the water? Like, did it splash on him? I'm the only one who ever thought about it. And you know, when you walk on something, like this stage is flat, but if there were waves, like did he, was it like on the treadmill or something? I don't know, I just got questions. But we see that, that Jesus called Peter out and Peter walked on the water. But as he was walking on the water, he began to take his eyes off of Jesus and he began to look at what was happening around him. And when he got his eyes off of Jesus, he came, he began to sink. And listen, if you're dreaming for big things this year, if you have high expectations, if you're dreaming for extreme fruitfulness in your ministry, then you're going to have to get your eyes off the surroundings. You may not have it in your own strength. You may, you may have a meeting and you look out there and nobody showed up. You may, you may, you may, may be reaching for these things, doing these things, and it doesn't look like it's going to work. But if you get your eyes on the circumstances, on the situation, instead of Jesus, you'll sink. But he's going to call us out into some things that don't make sense. And he's going to call us into some things where we're going to have to keep our eyes on Jesus. I'm believing for my marriage to get better this year. And, 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 and instead of getting better, it looks like it's getting worse. And instead of getting along, we're fighting more than ever. And I'm ready to give up because I'm looking at the situation. And the Lord's calling you, listen, don't give up. Don't, don't, don't look at the situation. Don't focus on that. Don't focus on him or her. Take your eyes off of them and put it on the one. Put, lift your eyes. Keep, so if you're going to add these works, if these things that God calls us to do that will supplement our faith, you just got to know that some of them aren't going to make sense. And you're gonna, then some of them are just going to require you to lean into Jesus like never before.
I personally, you know, my wife and I, we, we were on staff here for about 15 years. We had a great job. Uh, my, my, my future was secure. And in 2005, the Lord called us to leave here. Didn't make sense. I actually, when we left here, I went to school. You know why I went to school? To do the job that I was doing. Right? It didn't make sense, but we knew the Lord called us. Didn't have a job, but we knew the Lord called us. After that, we moved to Colorado and helped some friends plant a missions uh, ministry. And then we moved to Belize and lived a year on the mission field. Then we moved to Austin and planted a church. It was time, it was a time of just following God. And you know what was, you know, let me just show you where, where the rubber meets the road. You know, when we were doing that, you know what you were doing? You were putting into your 401k. And I wasn't. And then there was a time, you know, years later or, or in the middle of it even when, when the storms are raging and it doesn't look like there's enough resources and it doesn't look like I'm going, God, I, I don't know. You called me to do this. And, and, and we launched out in this thing and we're, we're following you. But Lord, it just doesn't look good. It looks like Jody's going to have to work till he's 89 because he wasn't putting in his 401k like his friends were. But I want you to know because of the, the, because of my relationship with God, my time in the word, you know what I believe? I believe all else that the stock market is not my provision. The economy is not my provision. Who's in the white house, whether there's inflation or not, doesn't matter. That's not my provision. My eyes on him. So you got to know when the Lord begins calling you, I, I believe if some of us in this room, if you really want to walk in the things that you're hoping for, you're going to have to put some action to it this year. God's going to call you to do some things, but you need to know that some of the things he's going to call you to do are not, don't make sense. And they're going to cause you to rely on God like never before. But the last thing you need to know when God calls us to add some kind of work to our faith, and please listen to this, I'm wrapping up is that whatever God calls you to do will be to accomplish something in you. It's that God wants to work in you. You know, sometimes we think of, of works or, or something like this, like, like God just puts some, like, well, I'll give them that if they'll jump through these hoops. Like God just gives us some, some random things to put up with so that we can somehow earn what we're believing for. Can I tell you that's never got, never the heart of the father. That any of, any of these challenges, the reason you face them, the reason you, these things are difficult is because they need to accomplish something on the inside of you. He needs to shape something, change something on the inside of you so that you can reach the full potential that he has for you. We said, we're talking about Abraham a minute ago. When God first initiated the covenant with Abraham, he said, Abraham, here's what I need you to do. I need you to, you know, get up. I need you to leave, leave your homeland and leave your family. You guys ever read that? So it's like, okay, get out of your comfort zone. So what we find is that Abraham did that. He packed up all his stuff and he moved, but you know what he did? He brought Lot with him. Lot was his nephew. So the instruction was, hey, Abraham, leave your family. And Abraham said, got it. I'm leaving and I'm taking my family. It was partial obedience. But see, what I've learned is that, that God's okay 
with our partial obedience because he knows what's driving that. And he's going to work it out in us along the way. So what you find is God said, okay, you want to take Lot with you? All right. And then we find that Lot was a stumbling block to Abraham all the way through. Abraham had to go rescue Lot from Sodom and Gomorrah. He had the trauma of watching Lot's wife get turned to a pillar of salt. Because, because Abraham did not follow God's instruction perfectly, he, it caused some difficulties in his life. But God was okay with it because God's like, listen, if you'll just follow me, if you'll do what I tell you to do, I'll work this out of you. I personally believe that Abraham had some codependency on his family. That somehow his family around him was a safety blanket, was a, was a comfort zone. And so God used, used Lot, used the process to work it out of him to the point that when his son Isaac finally showed up, he could bring him up to the mountain and, and, and be ready to kill him because God had worked out of him. Am, am I communicating this well? God had worked out of him the issue that was on the inside of him. And so some of the things that God is going to call you to do, the works that accompany your faith are going to be just for the fact of shaping you. It's going to work something out of you. The Bible says that all things work together for the good, the good, the bad, and the ugly. It all, it all works together for my good because it's shaping me to be the man or woman that God has called me to be. So I want to say to you today, here's how I want to finish. I want to say, if you have expectations, those are fun. Laurie, my wife, Laurie, she's a dreamer. And she's always like, Jody is free to dream. It's free to dream. It's free to dream. Dreamers drive me crazy. <laughs> if there's any dreamers in the room, you drive me crazy. Because dreamers are always like, yeah, we could do this. Unicorns, rainbows. And I'm the realist. I'm like, what do you feed a unicorn? You know, you know what I'm saying? And so when we talk about expectations, somebody are like, some people are like, yay, expectations, good things. And I'm like, yes, yes, expectations, good. It's gotta be founded on something though. You are probably not gonna be the middle linebacker of the Kansas City Chiefs unless you do something to equip yourself, unless there's, there's something there of substance but the, the, so if, if you're expecting things, that's a good thing. Continue to build your faith. But I want you to know in the process, God may call you to do something. Here's where the rubber meets the road. Would you stand up with me in the room here this morning? I've said a lot of theory, but I want to bring this down to where I believe it's going to specifically apply to you. You know, I mentioned a minute ago that, that some of you are believing, some of you are believing for your marriage to be better this year. Let me give you an example of something that I believe God may want you to do then. If we're, if we're believing for our marriage to get better, here's a work that may go along with this. God may call you to read a marriage book. So, well, no, Jody, I don't want to read a marriage book. You can't, you don't know how many times I've had a couple in, in my office counseling them on their marriage and I mentioned a book and the guy says, oh, I don't read. And I'm like, well, you know what? <laughs> if you want something different, if you're expecting something, it may cost you something. It may cost you some energy or effort. 
So if you're believing for your marriage, if your expectation is for your marriage to get better, yes, get in the word, pray, ask God, but God may require you to sign up for a marriage conference. Some of you are believing, are believing for your, your business this year to, to take the next step and business to grow. Your expectation, you have hopes of, of doing things with, with, with the influence and the resources that would come out of a, of a, of a successful business. And your, your expectation is my business is going to grow this year. But you know what God may require you to do in order to, to grow your business? He may, he may say, you know what? You know what I need you to do then if you want your business to grow? You're gonna have to learn to rest instead of strive this year. You're gonna have to learn to rest in me. But some of you, the work that you have for 2022 is to learn to rest. Now on this side of the table, the work that God may have for you is to quit resting and get to work. You're believing for your, for your business to grow, but you don't work at it. And so God may say, listen, I want to bless the fruit of your hands. So get your hands busy. Give me something that I can bless. So that may be the work that God's called you to. Some of you are believing and expecting for financial breakthrough this year. God may have you sow into somebody else's life then. You say, why would I, the very thing that I'm hoping for, that I'm trying to, I'm trying to gather money and you say the answer would be to, 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 to spread that money? The answer is yes. Because, because if you sow it, you'll reap it. Listen, if you want corn, you plant corn seeds. Some of you are believing for financial breakthrough this year. You need to look for, you need to take your food stamps and go give them to somebody down the road. ready to get off of government dependency and God may say okay that's it call and cancel your food stamps is, is this landing anywhere in the room here right now some of you this year you're expecting like health like Lord I want to I want to walk in health I know what it is to walk in health well the Lord may say to you okay well here's what I'm going to have you do this year we're going to clean up your lifestyle we're gonna lose some weight. We're gonna do some exercise. I mean, some of you are in here saying, oh, I'm suffering with emphysema. Lord, this is the year that I get, you know, that emphysema goes. God may say, dude, I love you. If you wanna get rid of emphysema, maybe we get rid of those cigarettes first. No condemnation. I'm not, I'm not you know, you, you hear my heart, right? You, do you see what I'm saying? And so I just wanna to say to you today, that in this journey as we're as as I'm as I'm asking you to dream and, and to be expectant, continue to build that foundation of faith under it so you'll know the heart of your father, you'll know what he does. But but God's gonna call you to do something. There's gonna be some works a, attached to your faith. And so I want us to be the people who would say, Lord, whatever it takes to get to the next level, I'm your guy whatever you would have me to do. And so here's how I wanna to finish today. I wanna to close today. I wanna to lead you in a prayer. And I was reminded as I was studying for this, I was reminded in the book of 1 Samuel, the third chapter, there was a young, there was a young child named Samuel. And he, he, was, 
he was being mentored by the priest Eli and, and in the middle of the night the Lord spoke to Samuel and Samuel ran to Eli's room and said you know did you call me and, and, and Samuel kept thinking that it was Eli who was calling him and about the third time that happened Eli said no that's not me calling you that's the Lord calling you so when the Lord speaks to you here's what you say Samuel, here's what you say when the Lord speaks to you. You say this, speak, your servant is listening. And what I want in us is a heart to say, Lord, I want those things. I want to take my life to next level this year. I want those breakthroughs, those things I'm believing for. I, I want those things. But Lord, if you'll have me to do something, and there's, if there's some action that I need to take in the process, I need you to speak to me. And when you speak, my answer is, yes, Lord, your servant is listening. Every head bowed, every, every eye closed in the room. Would you just take some posture of humility and before the Lord and just openness and say, Lord, whatever you would say to me this year, whatever you would have me do, the answer is yes. Speak to me, Lord, speak to me. Lord, if there's something I need to change, I'll change it. If there's something I need to stop doing, I'll stop doing it. If there's something I need to start doing, the answer is yes. The answer is yes. The answer is yes. If you agree with that prayer, give me a big amen. I want to encourage you to listen for the voice of the Lord. I'm, you don't need to go manufacture things to do. You just need to tune your ears into the Lord. So when he says, okay, I want to take you to this next level. I want to answer that prayer. I want to meet that expectation. But in order to do that, here's what I need you to do. And when he says yes, when he gives us a, a command, we just walk it out. Last thing I want to do is I want to pray for the grace to be obedient. So, so we've said, yes, Lord, if when you talk, I'm listening. Now I want to pray that for the grace to be obedient. So Lord, in Jesus name. When you, whatever you say to do, I, can't, I probably can't do it on my own strength. So Lord, I'm asking you, make me flexible, make me pliable, Lord God. Give me the grace to walk out whatever you would have me to do so that we could, I could reach the full potential that you've called me to in your kingdom. In Jesus' name, and everybody said.